Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey everybody, welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. I'm so excited to be sitting here with my dear friend, Luke Seibert. Luke, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. So Luke's been on here before and we have talked about The Master of My Life. Absolutely love that book. It's one of my top favorites. I have it on my favorite shelf on my bookshelf with my list of favorite books right beside Luke's. But I've got to talk about his newest book that's also now on that same shelf so, Luke, thank you so much for writing Never Saw It Coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the um, Lord giving me the opportunity to do it. I want to share with you guys a little bit about Luke. I'm going to read the back. It's got his bio here. And I want to read the blurb of the book, too, because it is just so impactful. And right here, you're going to get it all. Um, Luke Seibert lives in Ardmore, Alabama, and is the oldest of seven children. He is currently working on his master's degree from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and serves as an elder in training at Elkmont Baptist Church. Besides writing books and preaching, he enjoys spending time with his family, woodworking and playing bluegrass music and Luke thank you so much for just your friendship your family's friendship I just am so excited to see all of the things that the Lord is blessing you with and continuing to bless you with um, and how you're serving as a role model for those uh, younger siblings of yours uh, big brother Um, but let me go ahead and read the blurb guys for the book when he was 19 Luke Seibert thought that he had his whole life planned out. He was a Christian and a carpenter, and everything seemed to be falling into place. That all changed in an instant. When a car wreck leaves him permanently blind, he has a choice to make. He can let bitterness and depression consume him or trust the Lord that he really does have a plan in everything. Um, Luke, you know the story about Eli and I reading your book together. Yeah. Um, I want to just say right now, guys, this is a book for anybody. I know they say, what? No, it it has to have a particular audience. No, this is a book for anybody and anyone and everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Seriously. Um, And I say that with just full love and respect for the words and for your testimony, Luke, that you've shared in your memoir. Um, it's just was great. It was great for me and Eli to read it together uh, as husband and wife and just to be able to go through the story together. Um, it felt like you were with us, Luke. Oh, thank you. I'm glad we to make it uh, personal like that. Oh, it was. It, it felt like you were right here with us and that we were going on 
your journey with you every step of the way. Yeah. Well, I have shared before with a lot of people at different churches, just talking to people, the story in a, in a briefer format, but there's just so much that happened and so much how the Lord's hand was at work. I just felt it was time to write it down in more detail. So I wanted to write it in a way as if I was still telling the story, still keeping that personal level, but going into more detail than I have at other times. Oh yeah. We were right there with you, Luke, or you, yeah. you felt like right there with us and the Holy yeah. spirit was so moving with me and Eli, as we were reading the book, uh, we were brought to tears while we read the book. We laughed while <laughs> we would <laughs> laugh and then we would just stop and, and throughout the book and we would say, hmm. Hmm. I wonder if Luke even is connecting all these dots because we're yeah. connecting all like we were with the reader engagement. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? It was an extremely high reader engagement, mm. but we were the throughout going, Oh wow. Do you see how this person impacted yeah. Luke's life? And because he said yes to this part, mm. the next part lined up. And yeah. then, then and we we're like, and of course, we know you say that, Luke, because that was your yeah. life. But it was like us. We were going, oh, we see this. We see that. And yeah. here it goes. And so never saw it coming. I know that title is such a perfect one for the book because I know you didn't expect any of this for your life. Yeah. Like it said, you had it all planned out. Right. It seemed, seemed to be all working right. But there was times even what I thought was going to lead me down one particular path. God was already preparing me there for what was coming even though I had no clue about it. Like I said, connecting all those dots. I didn't see all the dots connecting at the time, but on the other side of it, looking back, you can definitely see how the, all the dots lined up and God led through that. And it's those wow. It's like a wow moments. Yes. Throughout your book. It's like mm -hmm. you go, oh, wow. And yeah. then it's like something else. And then you start to just like casually introduce us to this next step in the mm. book. But then all of a sudden it becomes one of these, just like even in the simple steps, it becomes wow moments. Mm. Yeah. And that's the beauty and the simplicity and the intricacies of our walk with the Lord. That's right. Yeah. And so you starting off, you know, thinking, you know, carpentry was going to be the main gig and now you're preaching Luke. Yep. I know it's, Totally changed. If someone had told me about, you know, five years, six years ago that I'd be preaching, I would have told they're outside their mind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah. So let's talk about how one tragic, life changing, just hmm. horrific event for you yeah. drew you into the, the fold of preaching. Yeah. It was kind of a series of events. Um, so after the wreck, I was in rehab and our, our pastor and his wife came up and we were talking. At, I forget how it even came up. But our pastor said, Luke, do you ever think God would be calling you into the ministry? And I was like, what are you talking about? There's no <laughs> way I'm doing this. I can't. I, I hate getting up in front and talking in front of people. I, I can't read now. I, what is going to there's no way this is going to happen. Well, like a week later, some other friends of ours were visiting and they said the same thing. I'm like okay, this is kind of weird. Why are you guys both saying this? Mm -hmm. And um, I had agreed to do a, a short little devotional at our church before the wreck, but that didn't happen just because of some timing things. So our pastor kept joking with me after I came home and he's like, hey, when are you going to get that sermon you owe me? 
And just I love back. that part in the book. I, I love it. Yeah, he kept going back and forth. And finally, he just said, well, if you want to do this, you can take the whole sunny night. And I'm like, are you serious? And he says, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, I prayed about it, thought about it. I was like, okay, I'll do it this one time. Yeah, I'll do this one sermon and it'll be done and we'll move on. And, that, and it just started, the Lord just started the ball rolling from there and just pick up, continue to preach at that church. And then, uh, like you said, connecting the dots, like before I had uh, lost my sight, I was involved with a lot of um, other churches in our area, went on some mission trips with some of the Baptist Association, got to know a good bit of pastors and got to meet some ones that maybe I wouldn't have met before. And so once they found out I was starting to preach and to share my testimony, I would, got some invitations to come and to fill in or to just share at some of these other churches. And that just, as I continued to do that and Lord continued to open doors, he gave me a passion for, for preaching and continued to direct my steps that way. So now you're in seminary. Yep. And you would have never in a million years. No, not at all. I, I had uh, gone through trade school, which was, through a community college, got my two years associates, and I thought I was done with school. <laughs> I did not like school, like uh, studying for textbooks or taking tests or anything like that. I was done. I toyed around a little bit with getting a bachelor's um, in like biblical studies through one of the online schools here in Alabama. I toyed around. It's like maybe eventually I'll work on that because I think it'd be cool to maybe study the Bible a little more depth, mm -hmm. but not to really get out or to to use that degree for anything, but definitely not to go on, you know, after bachelor's for towards a master's. <laughs> I just love it, Luke. I love yeah. how the Lord takes your plans and just kind of says, nope, yep. got new plans Absolutely. and they're all for serving him. And I know as your carpentry work, you're serving the Lord, your woodworking, your music, yeah. your day-to-day, your -day, you're serving the Lord mm. in one way or another. Yeah. But then accepting that call, was it yeah. scary when you really felt like, okay, I have been called for this life. This pa You said this passion just ignited yeah. in you. What kind of like feelings were you having in those moments? Yeah. Um, the first time I really preached, I was pretty nervous. Um, I really respected our pastor and had a lot of close friends who, and my family was there. My close friends, I, we had been through a lot together. And I was like, uh, kind of feel like I've got to almost got to measure up, you know, got to make this good enough. And uh, my problem is sometimes when I get nervous or get excited, I start talking fast. And people keep telling me, it's like, you've got good stuff, but slow down a little bit. And um, so I was I was nervous that first time I preached. And I still sometimes have gotten nervous. But the more I did, the more I began to to want to do it, not just out of, out of a sense of obligation. Oh, I have to preach because someone asked me to, but I had, I had the opportunity to preach. And that's, that was sort of a mental shift for me as I began to preach more and begin just to seek the Lord and say, okay, now I not being a carpenter as my career. What path are you directing me to now? And then doors continue to be open to you. Yeah. yeah all, and then all the time. And then the cup running's over. It's running yeah, over. It is. So, so tell me about your family's reaction after your preaching and seeing you now in this new light. Because like you said, you know, yeah. you were going to be a carpenter and run your own business and all of this. And, and now you're preaching. Yeah. What were the younger siblings saying to you, Luke? Or what was family's reaction? Um. It was sort of a, of a mix. Some of my siblings just really 
took it and ran with it with this whole uh, blindness skills. One of my uh, sisters, she wanted to get a cane for her birthday and she'll wear sleep shade and pretend <laughs> that she's blind too and try to experience life like that. Uh, other people in my family, they kind of, they struggled with it because um, I was doing pretty well with carpentry and that was my passion. And really to realize that was gone now, they, they wrestle with that. But then I think as the Lord began to give me peace and I began to, sh to demonstrate that, that I was okay. And the peace with that wasn't my life anymore. I was going a new direction. They begin just to embrace it and to run with it to support me. In it. And I, I think some people in my family, but even around me, suspected or knew I was going to be going down the path of preaching even before uh -huh. I lost my sight. Oh, so they had that Holy Spirit intuition there going on, thinking. Yeah. One of uh, my friends uh, in a previous church, we were talking one time, and she was like, I always, we were talking about that, and she kind of referenced that. Uh, one of my uh, bosses that I really enjoyed working for in one of my cabinet shops, he wrote a letter after I lost my sight and started preaching. He said, you know, I always thought you should have been a preacher instead of a carpenter. Uh, I was like, I was like, man, I'd never even thought that when I was working for you. That was not, that was never on my mind. But isn't that a part of the testimony though? The mm. fullness, the fullness of our, you know, yeah. our walk. That's right. Yeah. And the power of relationships along the path. Yeah. And it I think that the heart of your book is about your relationship with the Lord, but your relationships with community. Mm. Yeah. You know, within your home, outside of your home, with complete strangers. Yes. Like having to experience that with the never saw it coming, it just gives you a deeper appreciation mm. for the people you haven't met yet. Mm. Yeah. And you never know, you may meet someone just by seemingly by chance, but then as you continue on that relationship and the may change is something that could be really important, the Lord will really use in your life. And you, you don't expect that when you meet them. You think it's just a passing one-time thing. You might never see them again, but they keep coming back. And that's where your book is not just about kindness hmm. and gentleness and patience, but it's also about understanding hmm. because you had to get to a place of understanding. Yeah. Because you had to wrestle with all of this yourself, of course. And, and right. you had your moments. And in the book, you do not shy away from discussing some of those very dark times. And I think that that is so beneficial for people, regardless of what circumstance that they're in, mm -hmm. to be able to read a book that shows not only the truth of humanity and the compassion and just the growth that we can have as individuals mm. when trials and tribulations come our way, because we of course know that they will in one form or way or fashion, but you also talk about those dark moments, but they don't last forever. Right. I think that's, that's an important thing is sometimes with the Christian literature things, we kind of glance over, brush over the heart struggle or the, the struggles that we have internally. But, you know, you look throughout scripture, you know, people really wrestled, you know, like with David when he was being chased by Saul. And he's wondering, it's like, God, why am I out here? You, you anointed me as king and now he's after my life. Saul is after my life. What am I doing? And him having to come to that, that place, you know, throughout the Psalms, you just see it's an emotional roller coaster. And many of the Psalms, him going back and forth, but always coming back saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to praise you. I 
may not see right now how you're working everything out, but I know that you're in control and coming back to it. And just all throughout scripture, we see examples of that. And so in those dark times, I know scripture was one thing that helped pull you through. Yeah, it was. And uh, that was what really was my motivation to learn to read Braille because my family was reading a, a scripture to me and other things. And at the time, I didn't have any plans to go back to, to school or anything. I just wanted to be able to read scripture for myself again. And I knew that I needed to. The only way I could do that was to read Braille. I like I've always been a hands on learner. Like I could have someone explain something to me, but until I put my hands on it, I don't comprehend it or know it as, as well. And so with reading, I can listen to something being read off the computer or something, but it's, uh, I think I have better uh, retention when I actually read it in Braille. So that was my motivation to learn Braille. But then even through, but especially when it came to uh, coming to grips with the fact of my blindness and God gave me peace was through scripture of uh, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 about not being anxious about anything, but in everything, our prayer and supplication with thanksgiving making our requests known to God and that God will give us his peace in return for that. And you meditate on that scripture. God really showed me a lot through that to be, to, to, to be focused upon him and not feeling sorry for myself uh, always, but to give thanks for who he is and what he has done. And then that, again, another mind shift. Yep. It was. And it, it, it took a little bit for me to come to grips with that. Uh, I didn't want to do it at first. I didn't think I could be thankful for anything, but it, when I focused upon the Lord and being thankful for things about him that had nothing to do with my situation, just that uh, he was real. He had given me his word, all these things that were just true about him um, slowly began to grow into things I was thankful for about um, my family, my situation. And through that process of giving thanks and, and writing those down and, and giving thanks to the Lord, that's how he brought the peace to me. It wasn't, uh, it didn't just happen overnight, but it was that that choosing to focus on the Lord and give him thanks. And it was that work that you put into that mm. as well. Yeah. Of having to focus your energy and focus your thoughts. Yeah. On to, to the Lord instead of like only harsh reality and hurt yeah. and disappointment or blame. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I didn't really blame uh, anyone else. And uh, I thought perhaps at uh, one time I did think perhaps God might be punishing, but I didn't necessarily blame him. I was more blamed myself as in what did I do to deserve this? Um, try to think through that. And finally, uh, Lord kind of impressed upon me that it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't anything I had done wrong. It was that he had a plan and I just had to trust him. It wasn't anything I had done. It was that he was doing something and I just needed to, needed to submit and to follow. You know, if I couldn't understand all the reasons why, and I think by you having that spirit of thanksgiving mm. and actually living out scripture, living that out and practicing it and refocusing and, you know, dedicating your thoughts and your speech mm. to all of that thanksgiving, then you were able to, like you said, obtain that peace. Yeah. And, and you talk about all of those questions that you had. You talk about all of that in the book. And again, that's another, you know, strong part about the book that I love is because you speak to people and people can relate to that. Like, yeah. when has there been a time? Like, when we read your work, 
Eli's like, I love that line. Can you contact Luke? Can, is there a way you can yeah. contact him? And I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 Eli, guys, email, we're on Facebook. I can contact. Well, can you tell him mm. that this line really mattered to me, what he said here? Mm. Because I felt that way, too. Mm. Yeah. And he just wanted to stop reading and, and go and let me tell you that in that mm. moment and not let that moment pass by. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to say about when I say books matter and that mm. books, there are books that matter out there and that we need to hold fast to those words, especially when we may like just need encouragement or inspiration. Yours is a book that matters, Luke. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. I think, you know, with the struggles that people may be struggling with different things, not everyone struggles with, with blindness, but yeah. underneath it, there are some of the same questions, the same uh, heart of struggles that are there and that are common among a, a lot of issues people face. Exactly. And that's what I meant by like, it's so relatable Yeah, and it's accessible. Yeah. You know, anyone can come to this. A family can read this together. This can be for families, homeschool curriculum, churches, conferences. Just mm. I see so many study groups, you know, book clubs, you know, coming together and, you know, chapter by chapter mm. being transformed too, yeah. or just having an emotional experience that allows them to think about the deeper meaning of life. Yeah. What does matter? What matters in our lives? What, you know, a lot of times people ask so many questions, you know, hmm. what is it meant for me? How do I, how do I do this? And and the Lord could be making it so obvious, but we could be so like blinded yeah. in our day to day are so caught up that we're missing, you know, we're missing the dots. We're missing the yeah. signals. We're missing the calling. And first, it's to serve the Lord. It's to you know bring honor to God. Of course, we're called to do that on the daily basis on, on our in our walk. But when reading your work, it's to show you never know how the Lord is using a situation. So just trust in Him in whatever situation that you're having. Trust in Him, and you are not alone. That's right. We're not alone. No matter how alone we may feel, the truth of the matter is that God will never leave or forsake us. Amen. That's right. And that's, again, going back to Scripture. And yeah. how long did it take you to learn that Braille? Like, you said tactile was your way. Yeah. So if you had to think back about having that motivation to learn Scripture, you know, I think that's important, having a, yeah. a tangible reason you know, for because, you know, audio and tech and the way things are today. I mean, it, here you were older, you know, having, you know, stepped into this blindness at an older age. Not like you're an old man, Luke. I mean, you're no. really young, but I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you've got so much assistive technology today, but you you wanted that tactile. You wanted that um, given for you. So how long was it for you, Luke? Uh, to actually, like, learn the code, I would say it was probably about uh, four months or so, and there's there's two kind of levels to Braille. There's one that's a strict a letter uh, for letter uh, transcription, which takes up a lot of a space. Then there is that's called grade one. Grade two Braille is where certain words or certain letter combinations uh, are represented by one symbol, so it it makes a, a lot easier. Like the word knowledge is just represented by the letter K, so it definitely saves a lot of space. 
And uh, so it, once I learned both of those, it was probably about, about four months to learn those. And then just ever since then, it's been trying to build my confidence and speed up with it, um, especially in reading in front of people. But uh, yeah, so to, to read it, it probably took about, took about four months to learn it. And after you learned it and you became proficient, Tell me about that first experience with scripture. That uh, it was. Uh, pr pr I really appreciate you to read it. And it was actually one thing that helped me learn Braille because I, I was starting to read off these textbooks and learn through that. But I just wasn't connecting with some of the stories. And I was just like, I want to read scripture. And so I knew enough um, where I could read scripture, a passage I was familiar with. And I would start filling in me like, oh, that's what this symbol represents. It's these these letters here. And just being able to get back and really to excite me that I could read it again for myself to take it uh, as slow or as fast as I wanted to, uh, to really speed, slow down and comprehend it and to, to study, not just to read it, but to, 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 to meditate on it and to think about the words that I was reading. And that's like when you read, never saw it coming. This, you know, it's not like it's guys, it is, it is a read that you could have in a day. Um, Eli and I read it. Uh, pretty much in one sitting. Mm. Uh, we couldn't put it down. Yeah. But it's one of those books that stays with you. It is one that you can go back and you continue to think about, you know, not just the accident. You yeah. know, you think about the people that play roles in your life, Luke. Yes. And those moments where you were starting to see how it was all playing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just you, so many people involved in that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so talk about this as almost like a book of love, almost like you are showing love and appreciation. That's, that's another thing that I felt as I was reading this book. I was feeling like such a deep appreciation mm. for caregivers, for family, for strangers, for, you know, for workers that are out there yeah. in the health profession for EMT and, and just everyone. Like I started just to say, you know, wow, we're so separate in our lives, mm. but we're so connected. Yeah. And that's what they wanted to do with the book too, was so many people were involved and it played such a big role in role in my life. And in this journey that I wanted to honor them through that and to give them recognition for the parts that they had, had played in it. Like I, I couldn't, and there's a lot of there are other people, too, you know, who were involved. That I couldn't I couldn't include everybody in the book, but there were definitely some people that I wanted to say you played a significant role in this and in my life. And and not all the details, of course, are included in the book. It would it'd take too long to do that. But but definitely I wanted to show that I didn't just do this by myself. There were so many people there with me that all those dots are connected. People I had known before I had lost my sight and then people that got brought into my life after I lost my sight and how they all work together. And so you wrote the book. Uh, how long was it before you said, hey, I wrote a book, people, and you may be in it. Like, yeah. were you letting them know as you were writing or was it, hey, surprise, I wrote this memoir? <laughs> uh, some people I did do that because uh, there were some people that I did interview who were involved, like the pastor and uh, one of the rehab therapists and a couple people who were, had a pretty major role in it to kind of get their perspective Am I having any gaps here? What was your thing? Because uh, I don't remember the wreck itself or the first two weeks after it. So wanted to get some other people's perspective. And then I, after I kind of wrote it and I started editing it, 
Uh, then I started contacting people. It's like, Hey, I'm writing this memoir. Is it okay if I include you in this? And before I actually went to publication or getting it out there, wanted to check with people. But you also were like, Hey, I'm giving you a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like thanking yeah. you for what you've done. And, yeah. and I know that um, everyone that has an opportunity to read the book, Luke, whether they were directly on this journey with you or, yeah. or like me and Eli, you know, after just being able to to have that ride with you through this book, mm. I know they've, they've loved it. Yeah. I know they've loved it, Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got a lot of people have, have mentioned that just about um, being thankful that the book was written. It was, is out there now and telling the story. Because then you can inspire one other people to tell their stories too. Right. Yep. Exactly. Because the Lord works with all of us. Mm -hmm. in all of us through us and, and all of us have, you know, testimonies. That's right. That's right. And can use those testimonies to be able to engage in conversation. That was a, actually uh, at a festival this, this weekend, I was talking with the guy and started talking about, I forget even how it came up, something about being blind or something like that. And then it's that launched into a bit a longer conversation, got to share a very brief version of the story, but then got to talking about other things and really had a good connection through that conversation. So I love that, you know, yeah. stories can start conversation yeah, and then stories can stay with you after the conversation is over. That's right. They do. And the Lord can continue to work with those words. Mm. So, so now getting the book in your hand, yeah. And it's there. Tell me about how this feels for you now, because, you know, it's a recent release. You're still yep. working all of the, you did the launch. Yeah. Now you're still getting the word out. How is all of this going for you, Luke? It's, it's going pretty well. I, I really was excited when they came, when the books came in, got the boxes delivered, <laughs> I was opening it up and going to have them and then being able to take them to some people and to share them. It's like, look, I know you were part of this journey and I wanted to, to honor you and to appreciate you and, and give the books there and uh, gave some to the, to the fire department who responded, got connected with them again, and just uh, other people who had an impact upon my life and just wanted to, to share it with them and with the joy and the excitement of, you know, I had the book now. And I loved it at the launch. So we're at the launch. And then you said, okay, the Lord put it on my heart for the first month's donations to go for the fire department. And I'm like, yep. Luke, awesome. Yep. Tell about that story because you didn't talk long about that during the launch. But I was like, yeah. see there, Eli, look at him. Look at this. Yeah. So talk about that, Luke. It's just the, the Lord directing some stuff. I had um, gotten some copies of the book in and taken some people at church. And someone had asked me, he says, can I write a check to your favorite charity? And I was grabbing my mind. I'm like, which one do I choose? What is it? And trying to think through that because I hadn't expected that. And they're like, well, it's okay. I'll, I'll ask you next Sunday. Well, a couple of days later, we went to go pick up uh, some some pork. The fire department, They every year they smoke a Boston, bunch of Boston butts and sell them to help raise funds for the department. And we were there. And one of the fire says, says, oh, yeah, sitting over there in the driveway is our new is our new truck. And I was like, I didn't know you guys had gotten a truck. They're like, yeah, we just got it Wednesday. And but we got outfitted. It didn't come with any hoses or any equipment and stuff. We got to start outfitting it. And I began to think about that. I was like, well, here's something I could do to help with that. You guys played an impact upon my life. Something I can give back to you all to help out with that. Love that, Luke. Yep. So then you were ready for what your favorite charity was. Yep, it was. Yep. So. 
And I love that too, Luke, about you. It is also evident in the book and in your story. So this is something for you. You you take time and you pray and you consider. Mm -hmm. You don't just jump. Yeah, I try not to. Sometimes I, I can, but I do try to slow down. Let's, let's see what God's wisdom is and what God would have us to do. I love it so much. So now that you've got Never Saw It Coming, you're still working on a lot of other projects, Luke. So before yes. we jump into the new projects, tell me what was your favorite thing about writing your memoir? What was your favorite thing? My favorite, uh, well, my favorite thing was actually was distributing the books out, giving those to people. That was my favorite uh, thing. But I, I, in terms of actually writing it, was to really, well, like I guess, like you say in the Monica Mary, sit back and read it for enjoyment. When I actually had it all written out there, and to go back there and, and to read it and to look over the whole story of what happened over those about a two year period there, that was that was probably one of my favorite favorite parts of writing it. I just so then the completed picture. Yeah, see, just, it, just it, see all. it all there. See it all. Yep. And were you having those wild moments as you were reading it, like Eli and I were? Yeah. Were you going through wells? Um, sometimes, mostly it was more just kind of pausing and reflecting about, yeah. man, God, what, what you showed me through that and just being reflected upon what, what he had done through that. So uh, future for the memoir, uh, Bible study applications. Talk about like man. how you see it working in the future. Yeah, um, I haven't thought a, a whole lot about in terms of other books to go along with. I think it could be uh, Bible studies, one, something I had thought about. Uh, a friend of mine actually mentioned that he's leading three Bible studies now using the book. Um, so that could be a possibility. And I had two people separately say, okay, we enjoyed the book. When's book two? Oh, um, book two. Like, they want to know what's happening in the school and in yeah, life and in right. music. I was like, they want to know. Like, I had not even thought about book two. So maybe in the future, I'll try to write another one with that. But um, really just wanted to get this out there. I'm trying to think of maybe some places I could go, some things I could do to uh, distribute the book or to get it out there in places where people who may be, may be struggling or to encourage the uh, other believers, you know, who may not yet be going through a struggle, but saying, Hey, here's what my, my uh, experience was. Here was my journey. So it can be an encouragement to you that no matter what you're going to face, God will still be there for you. and will stand Or by they you. may be trying to support someone else who may be mm -hmm. going through a struggle too. Like yeah, that's true. And to be a caregiver or a comforter yeah. or a support network. Because you talk about, you know, so many people, it was almost like there was just a, um, just God's loving arms around you. Yeah. And then was. community and just throughout the whole process, it's like you had that support network. And so other people are saying, how can I be a caregiver? How can I be a support network? What is it that I can do? I mean, you can learn so much from your book, Luke. Mm. And that's why I know we talk about target audience and you funnel yeah. and you say, y'all, seriously. I <laughs> uh, never saw it coming. I, you need the book. Uh, I don't yeah. care age wise. I got, I got books for the boys. Yeah. Um, Eli got his, he wanted his own personal copy. We have, yeah. <laughs> we have uh, the husband and wife editions of never saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just trust me guys. Um, this is a book to gift for a friend. This is a book to gift to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so Luke, you're, you're just, 
I love how you just chase after words and, and what the Lord is bringing to you. And, and you've got other projects that are going on behind the scenes. You want to yeah. share any of that excitement? Or are you still kind of keeping it under wraps? I uh, know I can share it to you. There's one that are going through uh, beta reading right now. It's um it's called It's Your Move. And it's kind of this idea God had given me a while ago, this one scene of these two guys playing a game of chess. And one guy, he just loses terribly. And the the older guy, uh, his name is Adam in the book. And Adam asks, he says, Jason, why'd you lose? And he says, oh, I didn't play to win. And Adam says, no, you didn't play not to lose. You didn't protect yourself. And he, he ties in a life lesson with the game of chess that happened. I was trying to think, okay, Lord, what, what story are you bringing me with this? And that kind of became the central thought, one of the central thoughts for this book. And this, uh, this, this struggle with this young man, Jason, he's, 22 23 as the book changes and he's struck he thinks he knows what is right what is best for him and his family mm. but as he holds fast to his own ideas and pride he ends up hurting so many people around him he's completely blind to it until the lord has to really slap him upside the head with a two by four so to speak <laughs> and make him realize what how do i really show love to those around me well how do i really put them first and to, to show love and so that's one novel we're going through a beta reading right now and then camp uh oh the Nano uh, is coming up in November, and so I'm yep. looking at doing a rewriting a historical fiction work I had set aside a little while ago about the uh, Maccabean revolt. It's called a, Yes, yeah, worth the cost. Love it! I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. I can't wait to, to read that rewrite. You know, you yeah. got to count me in on that. I'm very oh, first round one. Just love all your work, Luke. And yeah. I'm telling you, you know, you were talking about how the Lord, you know had things happening in your past, like even in the book, even about yeah. the sign language, you know, oh, you yeah. guys got to hear about that story. But, you know, the master of my life, if you look at all of the questions that he wrestled with, your character wrestling yeah. with that, those were questions, too, that you were wrestling with. Yeah. Then here's your character wrestling with those. It's like almost like writing can can help process yeah. a lot of that, whether it's memoir, whether it's fiction. Mm hmm. That's what I did. The, the Master of My Life is not an autobiography, but I did write from a lot of uh, personal experience mm -hmm. in terms of the emotion or even some of the experiences were inspired by some things I had gone through, too. So it was, it was a really uh, that was a really fun book to write. And uh, even though I wasn't writing it for a book to sell at the time, I was just writing something to write a story down. But just really felt that's what uh, made me fall in love with writing stories. And so, guys, if you didn't know this, we're going to tell it now. Luke never thought he was ever going to be an author. No, not at all. Luke uh, never thought he was going to be a preacher either. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot about my situation right now that I would never expect and never dreamed. And I would have laughed at you if you told me this is what <laughs> I was going to be doing. An author being one of them. Yep. And now look at you and podcaster. Let's talk about some of that project work you've got going on. So yeah. Luke, you've just launched your first podcast. Yep. Tell us about it. Yeah. So it's, it's called a take your stand and it's a uh, part of, so I've launched, I uh, guess, I guess it was earlier this year's uh, here. I stand ministries, which is a place where I host my blog and some of my books at now. It is really Lord, over the past five, four or five years, the Lord's really inspired upon, in me even a more uh, deeper love for his word and learning how to study it and to share that with others. And uh, I wanted to use the podcast as a platform to help share some of those things I've learned and to say, Hey, let, let's learn how we, how we study the word, how we can, how we can study it and how that affects every aspect of our life. Cause 
reading the word doesn't just happen on Sunday morning there at church. It has application for all of, for all of life throughout the week. Yes. Yes. Love it, Luke. So getting that podcast together, did you ever have moments where you're like, why am I doing this? And how is this all going to work? Like what kind of questions were you wrestling with when you were transitioning over to podcast host? Mostly it was, how is this all going to work in terms of time? Because I, as as I feel like I have so many fans in the fire. I, I don't, I don't want to start something for, you know, for like two or three weeks and realize I'm not going to have time to keep this up long term. And so I was really trying to plan and think about, do I have enough material that I can make into a podcast? Uh, How long do I want to do it? Kind of structuring it. And then can I keep this up on a a weekly or monthly basis? Try to some of those logistical questions were really what I was thinking about as I was considering the podcast. And how did you end up balancing all of that out? Really just begin to to um, think about what was most important for me about the podcast and not, you know, looking at some other podcasts that I appreciated, seeing what they were doing, but not saying, not just modeling after what someone else did and begin to say, okay, what do, what do I know? And what um, am I currently working on that I feel could be a lot of crossover? Cause I do talk about some of the books that I, I'm reading in there and I'm like, well, I'm already reading books. I can just pull, use some of that content where I'm not having to pull something completely out of thin air all the time. Oh yeah. You're going to, I love that question of, am I going to have enough content? Let me say, you're going to have so much content (laughs) because in our daily author world, we have so much content in our research, in our study, you know, just in our life practice, we have so much content. It's almost to the point where you've got to figure out, like you said, what's the priority, what's the main purpose and just keep drawing it back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have a content issue. (laughs) If not, yeah. go on and start playing us some music because we'll appreciate that too, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about that balance too, though, because you said you don't want to get too much. Like you're working on new stories. You're working on, you know, revitalizing older stories. You've got your music and school and the podcast and preaching and I could keep going. I'm sure there's more. Yeah. Um, how does it all work for you? What's that typical writing life and that day look for you, Luke? Uh, the writing i um i kind of fit stuff in when i can mostly it's in break between classes or uh or like over over winter break or try to fit some in on the evenings but mostly during the day i try to think about okay there's a lot of stuff i want to get done what do what is most important and prioritize those and try to get get up go in the morning try to knock some of those things out and especially with school assignments Try not to wait to the last minute, trying to work ahead and give myself a little cushion room that in case something comes up, I'm okay. You know, I, I can right. give a little bit with it and try to it, give myself some blocks of times like, okay, for these two hours, I'm going to work on uh, this part of school work. And then, you know, for 30 minutes after lunch, I'm going to listen to some podcast stuff and then just kind of break it into different groups. And some of that changes over time. It's like, you know, for a month or two, you try something, you realize, okay, this is a, this is working but it could be better and then you adjust and go on to make sure you're doing the best thing that you can I love do. it. Love it. And that's also being aware. Yeah. Reflecting and being aware and then adjusting and making it work. Mhm. And continuing to do it. I know I'm excited to read everything that comes my way from you, Luke. I've got a list of things yeah. uh, that I get to tackle soon when I have those pockets of time. Right. Yes. And I'm looking forward to Nano too. So we're going to be doing our NaNoWriMo work together. Hopefully we'll be able to do some um, 
some writing sprints or we'll just be able to jump on and give updates throughout the month yeah. of November like we did last. I think it was one of the last camps. We tried to do that and just check in with people and just kind of talk about what we're up to and giving some tips and some strategies along the way. So yeah, I, I, hope, I hope for us to do that again in November. Um, I think that's just good for me. It helps me with accountability, but I think it's just good for others too, just to be able to uh, get some tips out there. Yeah. You get some tips and the accountability is really good too. Cause it's, it's one thing to write and have a mental uh, idea of, I need to get this done. But then when you're like, Oh, I have to tell somebody what I'm doing or how far I've gotten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it puts some more pressure on you. Yes, it does. So now we're putting the pressure on you, Luke. Yeah. We're saying we can't wait to see what's next yep. guys. Y'all got to jump on Amazon right now. Go check out Luke Seibert's past catalog of books. I'm sure there's going to be something on there that's going to spark your interest. Um, I want to encourage everyone to get Never Saw It Coming. I would love it if you would get a copy for yourself or family member and a friend. Um, Luke, where can people contact you? I know you got your website. Tell them about your website. Yeah, so my website is hisministries.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at hisministries uh, number four. And they can uh, give me there. And then I'm also on a Facebook at Here I Stand Ministries as well. All right, guys, you heard it from Luke. Y'all got to go start connecting, staying up with him. He also has a YouTube. He's got that podcast. Take your stand. Take your yep. stand. Yep. Take your stand. All right, guys. I am so glad that you joined me today, Luke. And I'm just so thankful that you're in our lives, uh, your family. I just so appreciate the work uh, that you're doing and sharing your testimony. And uh, just thanks for all you do, Luke. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. I will check you out later. Thanks again, Luke. Thank you. Right. Bye, guys. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.